survive and thrive. This is a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but thrive in change. I'm your host and co-founder of Consinity, Jennifer Ayers. This season, my partners and I will walk you through what we believe are the eight tenets to drive meaningful, impactful, and sustainable change in an organization. We'll explore each of these tenets at a high level over eight weeks, and then we'll take a deeper dive into each one to really understand why it's important and how to put some of these principles into practice. We'll share some of our own personal experiences from the hundreds of clients we've helped along the way, and we'll invite other professionals to our show to share their stories on what's worked, what hasn't worked, what perspectives they can offer on the relevance of these tenets. I'm super excited today to bring my co-founder, Jeff Bone, on the program with me. It's truly an honor to have Jeff on the team with me. Jeff has been a huge mentor and great friend of mine for years, and I love working with Jeff, and I'm so excited to have an opportunity to showcase his voice and his wonderful brilliance on this podcast. So Jeff, thank you so much for joining today, and I would love if you would give our listeners a little background on yourself. Thank you, Jen. I really appreciate it, and obviously, the feelings go likewise, and uh, I look forward to the podcast today. But yes, I have a long journey of sort of a blend of both corporate and entrepreneurial in terms of my experience. I originally started as a true entrepreneur at a very young age when my brother started a business. We founded it, funded it, and exited it successfully. And then I went to business school and ended up working for global companies in product management in New York City and had a chance to kind of manage multi-million dollar brands and products across many different channels, and then decided through the experience at these large companies that I really enjoyed more of the speed and more of the sort of inflection points of working early stage with companies that weren't as large and probably needed more expansive resources or limited resources to uh, grow their businesses. So I ended up working still with my background in research and development coming out of running large brands and working with the ability to be able to start a couple of other companies' lifestyle businesses very successfully. And the focus of those were to work with, again, large global companies that had pain points and initiatives that were very important to them, but they wanted to outsource to groups that were experienced, were focused not encumbered by being inside and had the chance to be a little bit more creative and innovative in their approach. And we built that successfully. And then I ended up coming back and working with, again, early stage companies, both from the branding, both from the research, and more about bringing resources, both talent and uh, capital resources for companies that were always in need of both of those. A few years ago, I actually was working with one of the attorneys who I had raised some capital on a health and safety company, and he had an introduction to another company that was in efficiency and and LED lighting. I ended up working with them, becoming part of the board, and through this experience, which was a a great experience and turned actually to a friendship, I actually met Jennifer. 
And that was the turning point in terms of our sort of creating the genesis of consinity. And the reason why I was so attracted to, to consinity, which I think is very important, was, and I didn't know what the uh, definition of consinity was, was they're really bringing disparate parts and elements together to create harmonious outcomes. I love that. And I loved Jen's background, which is very different than mine. And that was kind of the genesis, again, of coming together and founding Consinity. Love it. Yes. And just for all of our listeners, I pay Jeff uh, handsomely to say really nice things about me. So thanks, Jeff, for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things I think is really special about our relationship, Jeff, is given our, we have very different backgrounds and very different experiences, but we're both really passionate about helping leaders navigate change. And change can be difficult. It can be painful. It can be positive. It can be a number of things. And, you know, as I listen to your background, which I've heard you say numerous times, and every time I think about how rich your experience it really is, I'd love to hear from you some general observations of, that you have made over the years leading an organization through change. And what do you think is important as leaders try to navigate their organization through change, whether they're large or small? That's a great question, Jen. And I I think that one of the things actually having sort of the double lens of coming from a large company as well as on the ground floor of a startup is it gives you, or more importantly, it allows you to communicate on many different levels to people that have to kind of understand that Sometimes it's not so much about creating metrics behind something that's moving the needle, but more it's about awareness of things that you feel intuitively. And I I strongly believe that leadership comes from many different perspectives and experience. Some obviously true intelligence, others from emotional intelligence, but others are just awareness and instinct that's very different. Early stage companies and companies that I feel that I've had a chance to make an impact was not so much that I brought something that was cutting edge. It was more about something that was more common sense that just felt different, felt wrong. And I was able to kind of create sort of a situational context around that. I think you use the word empathy and I've always used that as a very strong, powerful emotion because it's kind of like the been there, done it before. And so you feel someone's pain And you can really relate to that. And I think that's really true on any level, both personal and professional. But I think the other part, which, and I think I shared one time with you, Jen, but I actually read a book and it was uh, based on a commencement speech that I had heard through a very powerful, very influential CEO. And he mentioned a word empathy that been there, done it. But he said the, when he read the book, he said the word compassion, which I have you know, used for many times, many times, but I've never realized the difference between empathy of been there, done it, and compassion being been there, done it, and doing something about it. So it's more action-oriented. And I love that because it means if you summon an organization or a company or even an executive or entrepreneur comes to you with some sort of problem, not only are you sort of invoked to give them a solution, and that's the, the sort of the fun part, navigating through that problem, but it's now, can you put it into some sort of action requirement? And I think that's the execution to me is, I think, what I am more of an executor than I am an intellectual. And so I've always admired that, the word compassion, because it is. It's all about now action 
and doing things in real time at a time and place, whether it's COVID related or just in, in the organizations in general, the speed of the game has really ratcheted up. I love that. And what an interesting distinction that I, I had not considered uh, between empathy and compassion uh, leads me to my next question. So one of the tenets that we feel very strongly about at Consinity is knowing your audience when you're navigating a big change. And so knowing your audience is really about exploring the impacted stakeholders around you, understanding how they'll be impacted, having empathy, and perhaps, I guess, compassion, um, if you want to put that action-oriented emphasis on it, and learning what are their motivators and how might they be influencers when you're trying to navigate change. And I guess I'd love to hear from you some of your observations uh, with all the different companies that you've worked with on the importance of knowing your audience. Yeah, again, another good question. I think part of it is, and I think I've heard it in your a couple of your podcasts last year and one that you did recently, which is really the ability to listen. I think as people who are articulate and have a chance to be able to use their voice, we tend to kind of get in and start talking before we actually listen and hear what someone is telling you that they need or they feel they need. Without that, you don't have that ability to be able to pivot to that versus coming in and saying something that makes, at the time, is not relevant or is not timely. That's so interesting. Great point about you know listening and hearing first what someone's needs are before taking action. I'm curious if maybe you could share an example of maybe your own experience working in an organization, large or small, where you thought the leaders did a good job of listening and hearing what their people needed in order to help them navigate change. I worked with a, a very large organization, actually a, a darling of Wall Street, and it was an IT data management company, and it was growing extremely large. And at the time, it was a company that was spawned as being half Indian and half a United States company that were grounded in their, their core values of their founders. And as the company grew extremely quickly into thousands of different employees, different offices, one of their senior executives was out visiting a lot of the different offices, being someone who was really head of uh, business development and sort of culture and realized that he felt that the organization was sort of going astray to what they thought was their stake in the ground of how they founded this company. Being a friend of his and someone we got to know, he knew that I came from a background that was very different than what they or ordinarily look at to come in and be able to be a resource for them. But he also knew that I had, again, uh, this more emotional intelligence, which was that you should probably go to an organization that really were what I call influencers, but not at your C-suite level. Influencers throughout your whole organization that were really on the front lines, that were trained by your senior execs. But at the time, a lot of the senior execs were being uh, recruited from other large organizations around the world. So they were actually representing a different sort of what I would say, grounding in core values in the way in which they were being taught. And this friend of mine, very senior level executive, 
recognized that. And so he wanted to put together an initiative where he would be able to then go around the world, actually, and to interview a lot of these people that we recommended to be able to have their feedback as to what was working, what wasn't working, where they felt they were off base, both internal voice and external voice to their respective clients, as well within their own organization. And I think he found that working with these influences that had groups of people versus them listening to a CEO or a C-suite exec was much more important and much more, I would say, dynamic and proactive within the organizations. And the assignment was very uh, successful. What they ended up doing was going back to sort of retraining at the ground floor across a global reach. Oh, that's interesting. I love hearing you talk about the influencers because of, as you know, we're in conversations now with our clients about the importance of nurturing and creating an influencer circle of some sort if it doesn't exist already, if you're trying to move through an initiative or uh, or what have you as, as an organization. One of the things that we've talked about in the past, which I think is tied to supporting your influencers, is the notion of empowerment. And I'd love to get your thoughts on the importance of or I would say maybe the power of empowerment when you're trying to help an organization through a a change or a transformation. I think one of the things, and I'll go back to my early years growing up in a large family, was in a large family, you had to have, or you had to have the ability to have a voice. But to have a voice, you had to have parents that would empower you to have that voice. And I think and it's interesting because, you know, in a, in a large family, you're always fighting for position, which is the same in an organization. And so you have to really find out what your gift is within your family. Are you still family, fighting which... for position? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've established it by now. Oh, okay, good, good. But I think you're, fi- you're finding that, that that gift that you find within that kind of environment is so critical within an organization because what you do is you actually know that you have that particular strength or expertise or skill set, and you're able to now apply it in situations that actually in, in a timely fashion can allow you to be able to leverage those and to be successful in that kind of, I would say, change within an organization. Because as we know, change is the one constant in life. We're obviously changing all the time. And I think that requires someone who's very comfortable being empowered to be able to make those moves in real time when they they seem it's when they deem it's necessary. You know, in a lot of this conversation, what I'm hearing is a reinforcement for our listeners that might be thinking about how do they navigate change in their organization and knowing who is impacted and listening to them to understand how they're impacted giving individuals in the organization a voice to not only express how they might be impacted, so that gives you a consideration for how to respond, but giving them a voice to help you be an influencer in the organization for that change. These are all great observations that you shared, Jeff, and just your own, you know, your own personal experience. It's sort of easy for me to relate right away to mid to large size companies, the importance of knowing your stakeholders, how they're impacted, and how they can help influence change on your behalf. 
But I'd love to hear with all of your experience working with emerging companies, why is that relevant? I think part of this is really, and I think it's, it carries across everything you do in life, is really understanding your audience and your ability to be able to understand. And, and we use the word stakeholders and different words to, to say the same thing. But I think that's extremely important because when you're on an early stage company, things are moving much quicker. You're sort of in motion all the time. And it requires strong analytical skills, but it also requires what I call more of, again, uh, engagement of your senses and awareness of feeling things, which is more gut, common sense, which in the early stage is very important. But the other part of it is each person you're talking to or audience you're talking to requires different information that's necessary to move the needle with them. And I think sometimes we create templates, which is great. But a template is really, for me, is giving you sort of the core essence of something that you're trying to present. But the personalization, and it comes down, I think, Jen, we've talked about this before, but everything now is becoming much more customized and personal. And I think that ability to be able to understand truly what your audience, who's in front of you, and then hit those kind of touch points that bring them into you to relate more on the level that you're trying to versus speaking to them in other legalese or other language that they don't understand or it's not really relevant. And I started off that way sometimes just coming in and just had no clue what my audience is, but I knew exactly what I wanted to say. And the problem is they didn't want to listen because I didn't allow them to, for me to come into their inner circle to understand what they were going through. And again, it goes back to the empathy thing is that what are my pain points? And the audience will tell you that. If you bring people in to relate on a human level, they're more willing to share with you because it's less formal. It's more about the sharing and the bonding, which I think is so important, especially in today's environment where people are now looking for trust and integrity and that kind of aspect with their relationships because there are so many highly intelligent, very skilled and experienced people. But they're also, I think it's more important right now that they actually trust you. And that's, again, part of the understanding your audience. If trust is the important part, then you have to cultivate and nurture those relationships with your moral compass north. I love that. Really great point and a, a wonderful reinforcement that at the end of the day, you've got to treat people like humans when you're embarking on a big change or anticipated or not. We all have basic human needs, and it's important to address those needs and cultivate trust, especially in a leadership position. One thing that you brought up a little bit earlier in our conversation was the importance of intuition. And I think that's not something we talk a lot about in, in business language. It's not something that's often shared or discussed, but some of knowing your audience might require that you tap into your intuition because things are not always said and sometimes felt. Would love to know your thoughts on that. Well, I think, Jen, you and I've had a number of conversations. Sometimes we use our intellect and sometimes we use our gut. And I think part of it, and again, there's no right or wrong answer here on this one, but I think what happens, and again, it depends on the, your influences growing up and as you know, I was very much into the sports world. So to me, you always had a game plan. You always had incredible amount of research and you know just kind of a competitive analysis, all that. But in real time, in a game, 
most things weren't there that you kind of mapped out. So what was really required was your ability to be able to navigate as quickly as possible many different options based on something that was presenting or being put in front of you that wasn't supposed to be. And that's kind of more of, I always think of that as more God-given than sort of like someone who's more of an intellectual, that kind of a straight line thinker. Is there, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. You need both, but you need them in certain situations that will require that one to step up at that time. And that, that, that's true leadership. Leadership to me as a team is when you have a group of very accomplished, very successful people, but they, they know what they don't know. And they're also know when they need to step up to lead or when they need to step back to be supportive. And that to me, again, it recognizes your audience could be your team. It's not just someone who's in front of you trying to make a sale or to actually expand on your client list. It's within every sort of ecosystem where you're in is that each person has different skill sets and different experiences and influences in their life that determine how they work in a high performance team like Consinity. And I think that's the, the beauty of that. But again, the audience is in this case, as a leader is your team. And as a leader, also, you may not be the person who is the smartest in the room, or you may not be the person who has the most accomplished, but you have other qualities that bring that to drive that team to uh, a level that it wouldn't without that person. Great. And I love that you touch upon leadership. One of the most important aspects of knowing your audience, we believe, is making sure your leadership is aligned on whatever the outcome is you're trying to achieve, regardless of if you're a small startup company or a very large company. And, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the importance of leadership alignment and maybe even some suggestions on how to get leaders aligned. I think this is one that is evolving right now because I think obviously with what's happened over the last year, I've had a number of conversations with pretty high level leaders around the world. And I think what they're sensing is there there is a not that there's a paradigm shift, but there's more of a movement where I would say qualities and different abilities to be able to tap into other resources as a leader. And that part of that is your ability to to see and listen. And again, I, I use it over and over, and I know you hear me many times, but it really, we have six senses and you need to engage those all the time. And I think that's where we become less out of our minds in terms of just processing things and more about what we see and feel and hear with the people around us. And again, whatever that circle is, and you tap into it. And I think that's part of all the things we've talked about, empowerment, compassion, empathy, all that. And the other part of it too, and we haven't really talked about it, but I've, I had a conversation just recently with someone that I respect immensely and they were highly stressed. And I had never really seen that. They're finding one of the key areas to really manage is, is stress. And it comes from very many different places. And again, I think that's where leaders have to just be more open. It's almost like you're, you've kind of like opened up everything around you to feel it, to sense it. Doesn't mean that you're not learning and you're not growing on your, 
you know, on the learning side of it, intellectual side of it. But there's other things I think that people look to because it's energy. There's lots of the things that I gravitate to personally um, and with people that I speak to at a high level in companies, early stage or larger companies. There's a, an energy, a positive energy that I just kind of really prefer to be around. And I think that's the other part of it, too, is I think people now need to know that it's more about, again, that emotional intelligence plugging into that and using that as a motivator to inspire people to, again, to tap into that themselves. Very interesting. And I'm listening to and I'm reflecting on when an organization or a company is trying to move their people through change and the, there is a misalignment at the leadership level. I think some of the things that we've talked about and we've had in our in our previous conversations and with some of the clients that we're working with is stay curious, ask questions. If there's a gap in alignment between the leaders, ask questions. Why does this matter to the other individual? Why they're resisting this or why they're embracing this? Stay curious stay compassionate because it's not always obvious at first what the motivators are or the drivers are and acknowledge that a stress that you might be feeling could be driving your actions or reactions. So those are just some things that have come to my mind as we're listen as I'm listening to you and you know thinking about some of the 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 coaching we've provided to some of the clients we're working with now on who are struggling with uh, leadership alignment challenges in order to help their organization through change. So thank you for sharing that. I would love to know what you might be able to share with our listeners, Jeff, on, I guess, your thoughts on how organizations can not only survive in change, but thrive. All of us are being, as you know, inundated with so many things, both personally and professionally. And I think part of this is, I'm guilty of this as well, is, is being present in the moment. And then, as I said, being more outwardly sensitive to just everything around you. And I think the more that we do that, the less that we'll have, and also the ability to communicate. I think we talked about that. Your ability to communicate is extremely important. And I think, you know, even seeing you grow from a large organization to starting our own company is that you understand that sometimes things change, the rules change, the criteria changes, but that's good. And someone who's very adaptable, and very resilient, loves that. And that goes off to your curiosity and everything else. So I think that's the other part too, that organizations that are maybe have coming out of it now and starting to get some momentum, again, stay in that moment of realizing that there are the other sides that really will inspire and motivate your organizations to achieve a much higher level and a much higher quality of level where everybody feels that they are part of something special. That to me would please me immeasurably and make me feel that, you know, I'm doing something to better other people's lives. And I hope the rest of the people would sort of be on that same journey. Awesome. We could go on and on and on and on and talk about a number of subjects. And I'm super excited that you have joined me today, Jeff, and you'll be on future podcasts for sure, talking about some of these other important subjects that we're exploring. So thank you. Thank you for joining. And um do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I, I obviously I appreciate it very much, Jen, on the uh, asking me to be on the podcast, and I, I certainly look forward to it. It's necessary for us to reach out and um, to give our experiences and some of the things that we're doing that I think are very relevant and re very timely. 
I would welcome anyone to go ahead and reach out to Jeff Bone. You can find him on our website. You can find him on LinkedIn. He's a very friendly guy, very approachable, and always has wonderful knowledge nuggets and suggestions to help organizations and leaders move through change. So thank you everyone for listening and joining our episode of Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.